you might want to sit down for this one. Hello and welcome to Dishing It, the podcast that signposts you to the best places to eat around Scotland. And today's episode is a bumper one indeed. Not three, not six, but 17 food recommendations. Yep, 17. Oh, and there's three account suggestions that you need to be following too, so best get that pen and paper out. And the mastermind behind this operation is the food Instagrammer Nikki Eats the World. We've been friends for many years and she's even been my boss at one point too, but whatever the relationship, food has always played a big part, so who better to have as a guest? We sat down to record this last year and talked about the changing city here in Aberdeen. So things have changed a little bit. Uh, we talked about uh, Stacks, which is now Resident X. So just take a note of that. But if there's anything that you think doesn't sound quite right, maybe just double check on Google. And while you're Googling, give Scandaball a wee search. It's juicy. Now, while I go on to a deep dive onto the Bravo universe of all the latest Scandaball drama, sit back and relax into the sounds of food after food suggestions. Stay safe, eat well, and speak soon. Scandal ball update. Great. Right, we'll start in a few seconds. Good luck, everyone. Break a leg. <laughs> Is that a bird? Is that a plane? No, it's a girl with a phone sweeping down to capture the best food content from all across Scotland and beyond. She goes by the name Nikki Eats the World on Instagram, and she's here on Dishing It. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Quite the intro, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I pride myself on my intros. How are you doing? That was excellent. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Glad to have you on. So you. we've known each other for many years, and uh, we've worked together on um, not one but two occasions. So you've also interviewed me on two occasions. So yeah. it's quite nice to have the roles reversed. Oh God, and are you going to like, I get to interview power. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Power is going to go into my head. <laughs> um, of course, I'm kidding. I will be kind. Or will I? <laughs> no, I'll be fine. <laughs> so as we know, all interviews start with the tell us a bit about yourself question. So to that theme, tell us uh, what the script is over with you on your Instagram account, Nikki Eats the World. Oh, well, it kind of came from what was my own personal Instagram um, that I was using to do lots of foodie stuff and pretty much every single post I put on Instagram was food related and I thought I'm really boring my family and friends with pictures of my dinner and um, <laughs> so I thought right what I'll do is I'll strip all that out and I'll put it on a separate account and I'll keep all my random selfies and whatever else on my, my other account Funnily enough, that other account doesn't get used and hasn't been used in probably about three years. <laughs> and all of my content is now on Nikki's World. So it's all pretty much food. And um, I would say 95% of it is food. You never see my face or very rarely see my face on there. It's always the food that I'm eating. Um, but yeah, it's been going since, oh, God, it's nearly four years now, um, which feels crazy. Um, but I think we kind of lost two years with, COVID yeah um, although I did find that in that two years I was able to do more content because I had more time <laughs> more time so to play of, with yeah exactly it's kind of taken a bit of a backseat recently so I need to give myself a kick up the butt and definitely get back out there um but yeah I just love eating not cooking that's why it's Nikki eats the world and not Nikki cooks the world because <laughs> I'm very much can't cook won't cook um so I'm very lucky I have a husband who enjoys cooking and we've got such a great um food and drink offering locally and beyond that I don't need to cook <laughs> perfect excuse not to cook perfect excuse and uh you covered uh, just when you started that you've got kind of food locations from Scotland and all over I, I won't say the world because you've been in a lot of different countries you you're well traveled where's your favorite place um to eat from your travels outside of Scotland well and so there's definitely as you see there's a mix of keeping it local with Aberdeen going a little bit further afield in Scotland and UK wide but I think the furthest afield there's been a number of places but my favorite would be New York hands down, without a doubt, New York. Um, in fact, my husband and I, Alistair, we went to New York, oh God, maybe three, four months before lockdown, before COVID hit, and we had the best holiday. It was basically, well, 
this is how I plan holidays. I don't know about other people, but we basically planned our day around our breakfast, our lunch and our dinner (laughs) and everything in between. (laughs) So yeah, I think New York would definitely be somewhere that I would go time and time again. And I think there's places that I would go back to because we just love them so much. But then there's so many other places that we didn't even get to, to see because it's just such a vast offering there. So yeah, definitely New York. Oh, it's amazing. I was there uh, 2014 or 15, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I totally didn't max out the food bit there. And it, so I'm looking forward to going back and literally doing like what you did, like planning it around breakfast, lunch, dinner, everything. Time we left, I think we were there, was it four, four nights and five days. And the time we left, we were, I remember we left Katz's Deli, which is quite a famous deli in New York. It's been in TV and films and stuff. Um, So we'd been there for some lunch before we left and we'd said, we have to make this final stop to milk. Don't know if you've heard of milk. Oh, I've heard about milk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's the, um, the cereal milk. It's like, you know, when you finish a bowl of cereal and you've got that mm-hmm. kind of milk puddle at the bottom and it tastes just the cereal. Well, it's kind of using that to turn that into ice cream as where she kind of started. So we thought we have to go and try this. But we were so full up. We literally waddled our way between Cat's <laughs> Deli and milk. And it felt like we weren't even going to manage to take a scoop of ice cream. Oh, because no. Because we were so full after five days of eating our way around New York. And you know about the portion sizes in America are like, yeah, they're not massive. small. No, colossal. <laughs> exactly. And, and we put a fair dent in it. And Ethan, I didn't finish my own my own food over at home. My husband, Alistair, he would finish it all for me. So between <laughs> us, we were both absolutely stuffed and we, we vowed that we wouldn't eat again. <laughs> That lasted. Yeah, we're on the plane on the way home. <laughs> like a, a swift two hours later, then we're back to it again. Exactly. What were we thinking? It's like when you say you'll never drink again when you've had a yeah. really bad hangover. Yeah, it never lasts long, does it? No, it slides. <laughs> so you're a Glasgow lass at heart, but you've lived in the city for, I want to say, maybe 12 years? Maybe around about 14 then? this year, yeah. 14, I was close. You were um, right. So that's a long time to be in one place what's been the biggest change you've seen in the city over that time biggest change in Aberdeen is the the willingness to to bring about change because I think for so long Aberdeen really was just known as the oil and gas capital of Europe full stop that was it whereas I think probably with the the crash the crisis in 2014 um it definitely kind of brought around a new way of thinking we're still evolving now um, but I definitely think it kind of gave us a kick up the butt that we needed really um and there's a lot of great work that's been happening and some of my favorite initiatives and events are the ones that Aberdeen Inspired run obviously restaurant week yeah and inspired nights both foodie related mm-hmm. but I really love new art as well and the the winter village I think those are all really key dates in the calendar now and we would feel it if we didn't have them so I think those kind of things that we didn't have god 10 years ago that we have now we yeah they're definitely adding something to the city and some of them permanently with the new art side of things and and recently with the umbrellas which I haven't seen in person yet they look amazing I've not I've only I think I've seen the ones on ship row but it was like just after I walked through them and I was going somewhere and I didn't have time to go back and I looked and said it's nice but I'll go back again but yeah, you need to go when it's a blue sky day so you can get nice photos. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, all for the gram. But yeah, that you're right though. Like the stuff Aberdeen Inspire are doing, like they just make such a buzz in the city, and it gives people a reason to go out and do something. Because as the city is, it's usually can be quite negative and quite oh nothing happens here. But there's stuff to go to, and it kind of plots its way every quarter. There's something every quarter almost. So we've got plenty. We've got something to go to at least. I know it's just a small team at Aberdeen Inspired as well. Yeah. When you think about what they managed to pull out the bag when there's a, only maybe what, not even 10 of them I don't think in the company yeah. so what they managed to achieve is amazing when it rallies around hundreds of thousands of people when like new art you see the pictures of everyone trips in the streets looking at all mm-hmm. the, the A street art to get all of that many people out in the streets is just amazing. Good work Aberdeen inspired. <laughs> Good work. Um, so going back to your time uh, growing up in Glasgow what was on the dinner table when you were growing up? Gosh. <laughs> Now, 
I think I know where I get my can't cook, won't cook from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so All becomes clear. <laughs> my mom, honestly, my mum and dad, both brilliant um mums and like mum and dad, excellent mum and dad, but I think to their own admission, they wouldn't say that they love being in the kitchen and are like 10 out of 10 amazing chefs. So it was very much, it was kind of ease. Um, don't get me wrong, I was well fed and looked after, um, but it wasn't necessarily homemade like home cooked meals every single night that was more for the weekend midweek tended to be kind of more easy food um and dinners at the weekend were a bit more of the homemade variety one of my favorite meals that my mom and dad both take turns of making and they normally do it when I'm down for my birthday it's called fruity chicken and this fruity chicken fruity chicken fruity chicken fruity chicken It's probably going to get a bit of a, mm, not quite sure, but fruit in a savoury. How do you feel? Like, this is kind of like a Hawaiian pizza kind of so, chat. Do you have pineapple on your pizza? I you love a Hawaiian pizza. Love it. But I am a bit weird with fruit and savoury on other things. Mixing, like when people put fruit into salads, like a bit like grapes in a salad. that has stuff, I'm a bit like, oh no, like with lettuce and stuff and but then coleslaw with apple in it. I don't mind that. But oh, yeah, yeah weird. But yeah, it's, I'm interested about this. Yeah, I definitely love to know. About, you need to get a vote going. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get a poll going to see what people say. How do people feel about this, the fruit and the savoury? But this dish, it's kind of like, it's a chicken. It's like a creamy chicken curry. Um, so it's um, paprika and coconut milk, I think, is in there. Um, banana. Oh, no, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no. You need to try it, Colin. It's so good. Oh. But, um, there's also pineapple, but the, the that's the two fruity elements of the banana and the pineapple. But the banana, it kind of gets mushed down and kind of gets lost within right. the thick creaminess of the sauce. Whereas the pineapple obviously stays a bit more kind of solid. So you get those little, it's kind of like a sweet and sour chicken when you get the little bits okay, of pineapple yeah, yeah. coming through. Um, but the banana... You get a nice subtle taste. You don't really get the texture of it. And yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, interesting. I've not even heard of that, like a recipe similar to that before. That must be... Uh... The recipe, it's, it's from 19 Oatcake. I remember <laughs> seeing the little recipe card and it was one of these... When you went to the supermarket or something and you got the little inserts. Um, yes. And it was one of those, I'm sure. And I don't even know if it was my mum's or if it came from my granny. Uh, I can't remember, but it was either my granny or my mum that got a hold of it. And it was, and it's still, it's my favourite thing to have when we, when I'm at home. And occasionally, as I say, birthdays normally, um, we get it. And it's seaweed garlic bread, but it needs to be the baguette garlic bread. Yeah. Not the pre-sliced. Okay, um, yeah. Has to be the baguette garlic bread. And it needs to be that kind of gooey in the middle mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. have it crispy it needs to be gooey no. in the middle mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> love it. you're making my mouth water <laughs> <laughs> down to a tea we're not even on the food safari yet <laughs> oh love it well I did worry I did wonder if you were going to say um spam sandwiches oh no, no that's corned beef <laughs> corned beef corned beef what's the difference for corned beef and spam is it not the same well, I don't know um I can't say spam is something that I eat much <laughs> No. However, corned beef, in fact, corned beef made it into my life in two ways. One, corned beef hash. Mm-hmm. That's maybe something that Scottish yeah. folk are probably more familiar with. Yeah. So I think that was um, so mashed potato and then you had breadcrumbs on the top and sometimes tomato, like slices of tomato on the top mm-hmm. and a bit of cheese maybe. Um, but yeah, what you're thinking about is the corned beef sandwiches. And in particular, I think you're thinking about corned beef gate. <laughs> Yeah, corned beef gate. So a few years ago, uh, Nikki documented quite an ordeal in her stories uh, while she was making a corned beef sandwich. Um, If we can find it, if it's still out there, we can link it into the show notes if you want to share it. Um, But she not only, uh, she basically was trying to open up a tin of corned beef and she cut her hand not once, not two, but three times uh, opening the can. And I don't even know if you ate it in the end. But... I did. I mean, there was a bloodbath all around me, but I enjoyed that corned beef sandwich when I got it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Was it worth it? Absolutely was. Corned beef sandwiches are always worth it. But again, it has to be very particular. It has to be white bread and you need either 
I normally have flora or maybe a light butter or something. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have a couple of slices of corned beef, but not from the tin. You get the pre-sliced sandwich deli um, stuff and then ketchup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ketchup's in there. Yeah, it's just the perfect delicacy. (laughs) Honestly, I've got such a bad rep because I will eat from like corned beef sandwiches right through to Michelin star dining. <laughs> I if, if it tastes good, I like it and I'm not fussy. I will eat it's a good way pretty to much be. everything. Definitely. Would you say would a corned beef sandwich be your comfort food? Is that something that or is it one of those things you have it once every so often? Once every so often and when I do have it, I tend to go through a spell of having it. And then I get to the point where I like right, I need to step away from the corned beef sandwiches for a minute. And because otherwise it loses the magic <laughs> just seeing the hand action she did there it's like the chef's kiss chef's kiss loses the yeah magic. no I, I tend to do that with a lot of things so I'll go through phases and I will get I will get myself done to death with it Go I'll mad. just keep eating it, yeah. and eating it and then eventually I'm like, I need to stop eating that for a while yeah hey that's why I don't like bananas because I used to love banana sandwiches when I was younger and mm-hmm. I think I yeah, I think I overdid it on the banana sandwiches and then I literally will not touch, will not touch a banana. That just must have been a sandwich of mush, really. Yeah, it was great. Oh, no. <laughs> no it was. The younger was me anymore. used to love it. Now I'm like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> well, I mean, taking it by opening a can of corned beef and failing, it's no surprise that you're not the cook in your household. But you touched on that Alistair is um, the resident chef um at your home what is what has been his like best meal that he's made you to date Does anything that comes to mind I'm so lucky I'm honestly so lucky that <laughs> Alistair is good at cooking and enjoys it because I'm rubbish at it and hate it so we're definitely the perfect yin and yang in that respect um he's done a few good things so I've got I've got a couple actually in fact I've got three okay good and I don't think I can through this question without mentioning all three so the first one is he makes these amazing burritos and so there's a bit of a Mexican theme in our life Alistair really loves Mexican food and I I really enjoy it as well but that's like his absolute favorite but um these burritos that he makes they're actually the recipe he uses is a vegetarian recipe and okay. which is a bit of a, a weird thing for Alistair because he says the money is in the meat that's his phrase that he uses so no shock that this vegetarian burrito turns into a meat burrito because he adds his pulled pork or oh, uh, brisket nice. but um I don't know if you've heard of the the, the cookbook Thug Kitchen they, they rebranded yes, to books. Bad Manners um I think in the last couple of years but yeah so we've got the original Thug Kitchen cookbook and it's this um burrito's recipe oh my goodness it's got peach salsa again, another fruit and a savory combo. But okay. oh my goodness, this peach salsa is incredible, and it just makes the burrito. So if you think burrito with some spicy rice, some either pulled pork or pulled brisket, avocado, and um, what else do we have in there? Oh, barbecue beans, homemade barbecue beans. Oh, nice, delish. And then this peach salsa, which is just that little cherry on the top, and you can add other things. Alistair adds lettuce, and which I wouldn't because lettuce is the devil. You um, just take it back out. I just <laughs> get that back that out there. <laughs> Maybe some creme fraiche or sour cream or something. But yeah, honestly, that is, it's my favourite thing. Um, we've, I see we, he's adapted it now um, as well so that we can have it in tacos, just minus the rice. Um, so the peach salsa and the avocado and all that jazz. Oh, yeah, that's, I think if I, and one thing that he had to make for me forevermore, it would be these burritos or tacos. Incredible. I've never found another pulled pork or pulled brisket that's as good as what he does. Ah, okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Get the leaderboard out. <laughs> I, uh, I think probably the ultimate meal that he's cooked, and this was during, I think it was during lockdown, he decided that he was going to do a tapas night and he made 11 different dishes. There's, bear in mind, wow. this was only for two of us. This was just <laughs> him and I at home. And he made a tapas night with 11 different dishes. So he made his own arancini balls. He Jeez made oh. his own croquettes. 
um, haggis bonbons, black pudding bonbons, um, or patatas bravas, obviously, because you can't have a tapas name yeah. without patatas bravas. You got to. Yeah, and there's loads of other things as well, dips and... Oh, oh, I did um, a goat's cheese for me because my favourite thing when we go to Cafe Andalus is the goat's cheese with the marmalade oh, on top. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Oh, I eat that whole thing on my own. People are like, how can you eat that whole bit on you? Oh, you're not you're getting like, your Watch me, away. watch me. <laughs> Mine, definitely the best, like, all, like, yeah, big meal that he's ever done. Yeah. But wow. I did say I was going to mention a third one. And this yeah. one is pretty cool so at the start of lockdown um a fellow foodie blogger uh, foodie quine you may know her she got in touch to say that albert bartlett potatoes had asked her to arrange a lockdown cook-off so she'd asked a few of us to get involved to myself and head chef alistair <laughs> and kerry from documenting my dinner and paul from paul paul's food life um, we all participated in this cook-off and we were to make a Sunday roast. So it could be any roast that we wanted, but the only thing was we had to have a couple of different kinds of potatoes in amongst the meal. So my contribution to this <laughs> meal was I came up with the menu and um, took photos, basically. Alistair plated it all, he cooked it all, made it all, plated it all up. I think I made... I made the sauce. <laughs> no, Which was taking ketchup out of the, out of the <laughs> fridge and pouring it into a jar. Slightly <laughs> more than that, but yes, that would probably, I can see where you would think that. But no, he made um, this amazing Sunday roast and honestly, it was incredible. He done such a great job. Um, so there, it was a rack of Moroccan spiced lamb and nice. oh, so my mouth's watering just thinking about it and then the two different kinds of potatoes that we had were roast potatoes and there was kind of um it was a potato gratin but it had chorizo in there as well oh, nice. so fine and then we had a red cabbage and pear um oh, thing going on sounds nice it was oh he made in fact this is one a dish that he includes in our Christmas dinner as well which is a bit you know, maybe thinking that's about left field for Christmas dinner a red cabbage but it's good it works it does work but then we also had some other red broccoli um and we had sweet and smoky carrots they were so good and then the apricot sauce which moi made that was my contribution to the party <laughs> But apricot and lamb, it goes really nice. You mm -hmm. think about like a tagine or something, you might have apricots in there. Yeah. And so it went really well. Um, so we had these virtual cook-off Sunday roast dinners. So the four of us were all on our Zoom call. And um, we had a judge joined us halfway through. And no other than Michelle Rue Jr. appeared on the call yes. to uh, judge our Sunday roasts. <laughs> Did Alistair come out on top? You know what? I think we were robbed. He, oh. I think he should have. But no, um, Paul was a very um, worthy winner. So he scored 10 out of 10 and the rest of it. So um, Foodie Quine documenting my dinner and, and Alistair. I was going to say, <laughs> maybe no, no, it was definitely Alistair. Um, we all scored 9 out of 10. Ah, well, it's still high. Absolutely. Still no, high. As I say, we were robbed. Paul, we want a rematch. <laughs> Paul, we're coming for you. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say I'm very, very lucky. He's a very good chef. Um, and those are definitely the best dishes that he's he yeah. makes on a fairly regular basis and as one-offs as well. Uh, open up a kitchen, Alistair. That's what he <laughs> yeah. needs to do. Definitely. We'd all be there. So I'm dying to hear your food safari content that you've got for us. So Nikki, being Nikki is going all out for this one so normally when I ask guests it's either start or dinner uh, dessert and after dinner drink or it's breakfast lunch and dinner Nikki is going to do a breakfast lunch starter main dessert and after dinner drink <laughs> so we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get a full day and the best thing about this food safari is that you don't get full so you don't have to have a repeat of New York and get to your last stop and not be able to um stomach it so 
you kick off Nikki where are you taking us first first up so are we are we gonna do breakfast lunch and dinner first yeah Maybe, do we'll do the meal. okay so my I think if I only if I could only go to certain places these would be my top three places for breakfast lunch and dinner um so breakfast would be at Figment which is Lovely. a local to me actually now um because we moved house last year and it's now not that far away which is really good um but I think the they redid their the breakfast menu maybe a year or two ago now um and they've got this really brilliant brunch menu that's on and they do an incredible there's a bacon roll but it's a bacon roll with a difference so you've got smoked bacon hash browns which make anything better mm-hmm. yeah some sort of crispy totally. potato always makes yeah. anything better <laughs> cheese as well cheddar cheese again see previous comment about crispy potatoes cheese <laughs> on anything it makes it better um scrambled egg interestingly on this which i'm not normally a fan of i wouldn't eat scrambled egg but on this chef's kiss again Perfect. and a bit of sriracha mayo on there and it's all piled into a brioche bun oh, oh that is honestly such a good bre- if you're just looking for a breakfast you don't want to just a bog standard bacon roll but you don't want a full cooked breakfast this, this is, is oh this is your guy definitely and oh. they obviously do really great coffee at figment as well which at breakfast time is yeah. not only important it's required <laughs> <laughs> so true so true oh good choice i've seen this picture of the breakfast roll on your instagram a few times and it does look amazing i've still never actually managed to try it myself but it looks banging oh it is and I don't get bored of it it's one of those ones I think because there's lots of different components in it you don't get bored of it and then my favorite lunch stop and this will be absolutely no surprise to you roots Kate roots down at the beach at one point I my friends thought that I was an ambassador and (laughs) I would get paid commission from them because I would tell everyone about roots if I could and I think because what blows my mind is the fact that it's it's vegetarian um it's not made mm-hmm. but these are some of the best burgers if not the best burgers in Aberdeen yeah. and what I love as well is the fact that it's down at the beach mm-hmm. and you have this brilliant community down there now with all the food trucks and vans along along the front and the beach is just a beautiful spot I used to live down near there as well and that was kind of my garden through lockdown we didn't have a we lived in a flat at the time and we didn't have a garden so the beach was my garden and I just love walking up and down there and something really quite therapeutic about being by the sea I think so yeah I just not only is it amazing food but the location at the beach is just brilliant yeah especially on a sunny day as well it's just like amazing we went down at the weekend and it's that thing like I had the I think it was just their the normal burger with bacon or faking I had that and that was the first time I'd had that one and I was eating and I was like how is this not meat like I just don't understand and it, like, I'm not really a big burger fan but I sorry what I know not really <laughs> because I always find like the meat patty is always dry but every yeah. time I've been to Roots never a bad burger like I like I if I'm wanting a burger I will just go straight to Roots did I not know you're not a big burger fan I feel like we can't be friends anymore I know I'm so sorry I'll just end this call right now <laughs> and when you think about it, all the times we've had dinner together probably never ordered a burger when I've been no and I probably have <laughs> and you probably have yeah <laughs> yeah I think it's honestly just the fact that it. as you say it's vegetarian and it's not meat but it's still juicy and the chicken burger as well the fried chicken one mm-hmm. oh my god it's so good they just nail it and they're loaded fries and their milkshakes in fact my first, I think, experience of Roots was when they were in Bar 99 and the other oh, residency yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. And I remember having the best pre-sesh sesh. So we went in, my husband and I, and I don't know why I keep calling my husband, Alistair and I, um, went in with friends who were up visiting for burgers and they did hard shakes. So I'm sure it was the Oreo shake I got and it had like bourbon or something in it. And, oh, lord that i mean that's gonna get you started in a night oh yeah <laughs> we all need that the sugar boost alcohol oh well, that's it but you don't get Love unfortunately it. you don't get the hard shakes at the the, the van down at the beach now so that's just, my, that's my only thing that i miss from them just tape your hip, hip flask 
take that in your back pocket. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, not and endorsed. I, not endorsed. You're gonna get me lifted. <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> that's that's a real payback. Streets. That's a real payback from the interviews over the years. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. So then, yeah, my dinner choice would be. Oh, I'm so excited that they have got a big spanking new venue for it's Maggie's Grill. Oh my yeah, lord! I you might they, say them. Oh, they're so good. I just I've got nothing but good things to say about Maggie's I have loved them since the minute they opened and when we couldn't get anything for that hot minute during the start of Covid oh I, I was craving big time mm-hmm. some Maggie's in my life and I'm so so excited for them that they've opened this new venue down yeah I can't wait in fact I'm going this weekend my <sighs> first outing to the new house oh <laughs> so, exciting um, you'll be walking in with your crown on like oh. when if make way she's arrived bring on the meat sweats <laughs> that's the thing but, I haven't been I haven't been in years to Maggie's and it's been ages so I need, need to go. I need to go yeah definitely you need no, to give me all your we recommendations need to go. you're not going without me I'm coming with you <laughs> next time I go and I post about you I'll be like why was I not there yeah I'm like, sorry what you need to block me from that post <laughs> so I don't see it <laughs> you need to help me make a decision ahead of going this weekend actually so I'm one of these people that looks at menus before we go mm-hmm. and Alistair doesn't. He is adamant that he will not look at a menu until he's there. Whereas I've looked through every single inch of that menu and I've made not only my top choice, but my backup choice as well, in case my top choice is That is available. good. That is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm very serious about my food. <laughs> <laughs> so I have three dishes that I'm swithering between and it's the ribs, the barbecue ribs, the fried chicken or the brisket and I can't decide what to get and this and this is only what is this Tuesday I, I, I need think, to get to Saturday <laughs> I think you need to go just because I know what Maggie's is like because sometimes so I'm going to say you need to go ribs because sometimes with ribs in other places it can be quite like you get two or three not much meat on the bone but Maggie's it's like it's fresh from the cow and it's out the good no that sounds bad <laughs> in like a good way it's like fresh from the field and it's like a proper hunk of meat and that I think I think you need to go ribs is what I would say pretty sure all the meat is sourced locally as well yeah. and oh the barbecue glaze that comes on them oh and do you know what what I could do is order a little cheeky side of fried chicken because they do Best they do chicken worlds. tenders I'm sure okay decision made so yeah Maggie's would definitely be my dinner of choice and I would choose between one of those three dishes maybe on a rotation yeah uh, the dessert am I allowed to have dessert there yes because it's dinner so my dessert that I would have at Maggie's and I don't know if I'm saying this right is it beignet is that how you say that yeah think I think French that's it kind of donuts yeah beignet, beignet um, I they oh are so good they're just little puffs of fried goodness and they've got a sauce that you can dip them in they come with ice cream as well which was my first um experience of is it Stu's and Drew's ice cream um I think they're oh. from kind of North Aberdeenshire um their chocolate ice cream is the lightest chocolate ice cream I could eat the whole tub of that in one sitting and not right. feel full it's just delicious um, and I'm sure they do a Biscoff one, which I'm keen to try. I've not well. heard. I've not heard of Stu and Drews. I think it's Stu and Drews. Um, I can picture the logo. Um, yeah, I think it's Stu and Drews, oh, nice. and they they're on the Maggie's Grill menu. Mm-hmm. So that would be my breakfast, lunch, and dinner: Figment, Roots, and Maggie's. Oh, love it! Before you go into your starter. Just a question about Alistair. So if he doesn't look at his menu before, <laughs> yeah. and I'm the same, I don't really look at the menu before. I, I'll know, look at the menu, see if it's a good place to go to. But I don't really inspect it and know what I'm getting. But is he easily coerced? So if you went for your ribs and your little chicken side, could you be like, oh, you should get the brisket? Or is he very <laughs> no. much, if he very much like, I'll get what I get. He will get not, what he gets. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> he, no, definitely. He is his own man and makes his own decisions. <laughs> yeah. He cannot be swayed. But what I would say is he is definitely swayed by my decision in terms of if he's swithering right. between two things and I order one of them, nine times out of ten, he will order the other thing because right. he knows he'll get half of mine because I right. can't finish a meal. <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely, um, he cannot be swayed. It's not a case of 
oh, why don't we get this and that and then we can share? He's, He's like, like no. absolutely not. It's like Joey doesn't share food. Yeah. In fact, I even, I, I was really cheeky when we got married. I wrote it into our wedding vows at the end. I had a deal going with the celebrant and I was like, right, we need to sneak this little line in. And it was the, um, so I did some vows, he did some vows, I did some vows, he did some vows, and then we did some together. And the last line of the vows that we did together was that we would share food. <laughs> <laughs> so I stuck that in there. And, he had, and to be fair, he has been better at sharing food since then. <laughs> Dude, well, that's the main thing. He's sticking to his contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is too funny. Right, so on to your, onto your starter now, of your starter dinner safari, or your dinner okay. safari, I should say. I'm going to be, and as you said at the start, like, you know what I'm like, and I just, I can't stop. So I've got two starter desserts. I've, I've stuck to the I've stuck to the rules and I've done the safari. Um, so it's a different place for each thing. But I also have, if I'm allowed, a little bonus foodie non-safari. <laughs> I'll do the safari first. Okay. So my starter would be at the Fife Arms out in Braemar. And it would be a mutton ragu gnocchi. And I would never have thought that I would ever say that something with mutton would be my favourite starter. But, oh, dear God, I could have eaten 10 of these starters. It was honestly incredible. I was there with my pal Jenny just before Christmas, actually, because it's all like all the decorations were out the Christmas tree and all the lights and stuff. Good place to be at Christmas. Oh, it's so pretty. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful venue anyway. And then you add Christmas into the mix. It's even more magical, which you don't think is possible, but it is. Um, so, yeah, we went out for it was the, the roast dinner and we had three courses. I don't know how it managed to fit it all in, but we had the starter main and dessert. But the starter was this mutton ragu gnocchi. And I still think about it. It lives rent free in my head. It's yeah, it's up there, and I'm really surprised that I would choose something mutton because it's not something I would ever order on a menu. What made What made you go for it when it was on the menu? Was there just something about it that you were like, I actually want to see if I like this? I think it was probably the gnocchi that won it for me because I can't see past that. I I love it's like goat's cheese. If goat's Mm -hmm. cheese is on the menu, I'm 100 going to order it. Yeah. Um, so I think it was probably the Nokia that won it for me. Um, and I'm really, really glad I had it because it's my ultimate starter. Yeah. Um, main course, this is going to come as absolutely no surprise to anyone that knows me, um, would be at Moonfish. And they've got quite a, not a reputation, but they maybe they're misunderstood in that it's just a seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the name Moonfish kind of implies that it's, it's seafish, but at, um, seafood, but it's a lot they do so many more dishes than yeah. just fish. So my favourite um, main course was from Moonfish and it was a treacle beef. Oh, oh lordy, this, it, this, you've, oh, you've never had beef like it. You just had to touch it with your fork and it would just melt because, oh, it, yeah, I, I can't even speak. <laughs> just went so to a coma, pain. people. Just went I know. To a coma. <laughs> to be fair, I think I could probably say starter main dessert and everything in between from Moonfish because I don't think I've ever had a bad meal from there yeah um, nothing but good things to say about it. it's definitely in my opinion the best restaurant in Aberdeen yeah um it's definitely a bit of a treat in fact I'm going there in a couple of weeks time as well I've been having withdrawal symptoms though because I've not been for a, a while so it's definitely time to go back time to return um so yeah pray that the treacle beef is on the menu fingers oh, crossed good um dessert wise again I don't know if I'm allowed this is a bit maybe that is a dessert yeah we're gonna go with it so I would go to Almondine uh-huh. now I've nice. only been to Almondine for afternoon tea so I know that that's not dessert so what I would say is I would have some of their gatos maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get rid of the sandwiches and the scones I love and the, keep, keep the I love the you. level of negotiation like you're looking at me like this could happen, right? And I'm like, it's not a real meal, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Don't worry. I bend the rules. So yeah, I think it's dessert. I mean, it yeah, is. totally, it is. Yeah, they do eat like they do sweet treats, and they've got like their little gatos, and they've got their pastries. Yeah, and those domes as well. Like, can you, I don't know. Have you ever seen 
the purple they look it? so perfect oh my god you don't that's almost almost too good to eat I mean you're not going to stop me from eating it let's be honest but they're so pretty and if there's not a more instagrammable place in Aberdeen mm-hmm. than Almondine in fact Almondine I think is the best afternoon tea in Aberdeen by a long shot if mm-hmm. anybody ever asked me where to go for afternoon tea in Aberdeen You'd it would there. 100% be Almondine it looks so it's the it's like the like the domes are like glossy and it looks like if you were to mm. cut into it it would be like a balloon and it would yeah. just like slice and melt light as air as well and oh. I think with afternoon tea it can get to be quite filling and mm-hmm. people end up saying can I have a box to take them home yeah. <laughs> not this gal no nope, it's gone <laughs> I will eat it all in one go from there I think they're light enough that you can I don't yeah. think they're they're super heavy um, don't get me wrong I don't leave and I'm thinking oh god I could still eat that again I'm, I'm definitely full up but mm-hmm. um, it's not to the point where you're rolling out the door and you feel ill that you've eaten yeah. too much or you need to take a box away it's just yeah perfection and I think they do Prosecco and stuff as well so if you fancy a wee even better but if there's you can go for that too yeah oh, so that's my dessert lovely. of choice I feel like I could have shoehorned that in there a little bit but it I'm works it. it works we love it <laughs> and then you were wanting to know my drink places yeah anything? your yeah. after dinner tipple okay so this would 100 have to be bar 99 mm-hmm. it is my absolute favorite cocktail bar in aberdeen for a number of reasons one it's just a really cool bar it's just a great vibe i just love it i feel it's not very pretentious some places you walk in and you feel a bit oh not quite sure you yeah. should be here it's just really welcoming it's such a cozy cool vibe I love the little kind of mezzanine floor level upstairs as yeah, well the Super staff chill. are always lovely they've always got brilliant shirts on as mm-hmm. well love the Hawaiian shirts yeah um but also Alistair and I in inverted commas met there oh um, really yeah that was where we had our first day so both of us are from Kilmarnock originally and I moved up to Aberdeen in 2008 and he moved up in 2009 and in 2010 we somehow realized that we were both here I ended up arranging to meet up for a drink and it was at bar 99 and we sat at the bar and just got a bit pissed <laughs> sorry the way you mean to go on <laughs> Um, and then we ended up in espionage, dancing till two in the morning. Oh, yowzers. I know. <laughs> that was quite a first date. But yeah, bar 99 was where our first date was. And I think the drink that, in fact, Alistair ordered it for me. I mean, classic. Alistair, he was like, this is, you need to have this cocktail. And it was the Millionaire's Cocktail, I think it was. I don't think they do it anymore. Yeah, I don't think um, do. But yeah, that was my kind of, that's my big heart for Barney yeah. tonight but I just love it anyway we've got a brilliant gin selection excellent cocktails so I think I would probably go for a classic cocktail rather than maybe one of their own in-house ones but mm-hmm. they do them so so well so it would either be one of the martinis so it would either be a French martini a porn star martini or you know I love an espresso martini you do love an espresso martini one of the ones or something kind of in the creamy variety, more of like a dessert cocktail. So a grasshopper or a white Russian. One of the martinis or that kind of dessert cocktail type thing. Yeah, that would be my drink of choice. I love it. Well, I mean, start as you mean to go on and you just have one of the cocktails per breakfast, lunch. You could just do it that way. And then now you've got one for every meal. Oh, that is a brilliant idea. <laughs> there we go. I love the fact that we're bending the rules. I'm going to get so drunk. <laughs> rules are there to be bent. <laughs> Am I allowed my bonus place as well? Yeah, you throw that bonus place right in. So it's not a safari. We're, we're going to one place. <laughs> There's one place where I can get a starter I love, a main I love, a dessert I love, and cocktails I love. So, drum roll. <laughs> the braided fig. Um, oh yes, oh, yes, yes. They hold a special place in my heart, the braided fig. Um, I only really got kind of, I would say reintroduced because I've been a couple of times before, years ago, but I only was really reintroduced to the braided fig maybe a couple of years ago now. Um, and I haven't looked back. I will tell everybody and anyone about the braided fig, and I'll walk in and go, look, look at the tree, look, it's a real tree, and get super excited <laughs> showing people about it and. The food is just brilliant. The team are lovely. Um, yeah, I just love the beauty pig and the food. It's so food. good. 
So my starter of choice would be, and this blows my mind still because I friggin' hate cauliflower, but it's the Korean fried cauliflower. It is so good. Oh, I mean, that is what dreams have been made of, really. And do you like cauliflower? What's, what's your take on I mean, I never really used to have any feelings about it because I always felt it didn't have any taste. But then I made like katsu cauliflower and like uh, fried it in like panko and stuff and did that. But then I think it was when I went to Bridget Fig and I had their Korean uh, cauliflower. I was like, yeah, I'd get more into cauliflower and doing this like sort of style at home. But yeah, so good. Oh, so good. I think. I mean, you can't taste the cauliflower. It's fried. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, if you don't like something, fry it and smother mm-hmm. it in sauce and it'll be it's amazing. So that's that's my new motto in life. Um, but yeah, this- <laughs> if you don't like it, fry it. <laughs> I would smother it in sauce. Um, oh, yeah, it's the only cauliflower I will eat in this land because cauliflower t- or smells feet, I think. It just is got, the it's worst. It's not a very nice smelling one. No, so yep, it would definitely be Korean fried cauliflower. And then my main course is a, I think they call them the figgy favourites, and it's the honey chilli chicken wontons. Mm-hmm. Oh my, yeah. have you seen them? The, oh, the height yeah. on that plate is ridiculous. It comes out the kitchen and your eyes pop out your head. It's so, so good. I think what I love about it is you can eat the whole thing and not feel stuffed because there's not hundreds of carbs on the plate so there's not loads of um potatoes or rice or pasta it's nice thin um crispy wontons and then obviously fried chicken oh is there a bit of a theme there's a theme (laughs) um but then there's lots of vegetables in there as well nice sauce um so yeah the honey chili um chicken wontons would definitely be the main course and I know I just said about not having loads of carbs, but I'm going to have to throw in a side of the truffle and parmesan chips. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They don't miss the mark. They always do They're the job. so good. And then the dessert would have to be, for me, the cherries and chocolate dessert or chocolate and yeah. cherries, which would end to go. Um, but interestingly, they've actually made it now a vegan dessert. So there's, there's a oh, marshmallow okay. component of it, but that's now vegan. Um, but yeah, I think just anything that's Black Forest Gato, kind of like that yeah. cherry and chocolate Takes you combo. back to your childhood. It's always good. V- did, was there a Vionetta that was a Black Forest? Vionetta? Yeah, I think you up? did. You did. Or it was like a berry. It was like a berry Vionetta because there was one that had like black currant through it. No, I, I just came. So you said childhood. I don't think you get it anymore, though. But you definitely get the mint one and you get the vanilla one, but they're tiny now. They're oh, not the as big one. as they used to be. It's like Freddo's. Oh, don't get me started on Freddo's. <laughs> Do you know? They go up in price and they go down in size every year. It's actually the other, funny you say that, the other day I bought Magnums in the shop because obviously it's a bit hard. Oh, they're now. tiny! They're tiny! I literally opened up the box. I was like to Rachel, I'm so excited for this. I've got a white Magnum because white Magnums are the best ones. Went and I was like, oh, I'm so looking forward to this. And literally took out the... <laughs> packet i was like to rachel look at this look at the size of it it's not even as big like wide as it used to be or tall as it used to be tiny and then she's like did you buy a miniature pack and i was like i definitely didn't they are tiny so i'm feeling the rage coming yeah (laughs) honestly don't mess with my food don't make it any smaller and don't make it more expensive that there's something wrong about that it's like four <laughs> pounds it's like four pounds of a bag of ice cream oh my god I'm so, i feel like i'm angered beast <laughs> this is this is my food gripe section <laughs> this oh is where it all came from <laughs> oh just to, um yeah my last bit was drink wise it would definitely be either a porn star martini or an espresso martini because i've yeah. had both of them there and they make excellent very oh they're so good so yeah braided fig definitely oh. up there for my safari that's not a safari <laughs> i could move tables i could move around the restaurant oh yeah you could just move to different seats be under the tree one minute be at the bar be at the window Find different families like, yeah hey, just come to uh, just, for just me. are you gonna finish that <laughs> um i think that's a great thing with braided fig is that it is so unassuming 
because I think I, I don't I don't know what it was before because it's has it always been the braided fig like years gone by it's always been the braided fig as far as since yeah. I've been here so that's at least and I think just where it is in Aberdeen I think people just assume oh yeah it'll be a bar or it's a pub or it's not going to be the best food but it is I would say one of the best places yeah. in Aberdeen like it is up there on um on just the food game like they I think you just you don't know what you're getting when you go in and it, they just blow your socks off because you just go they just take it up a level it's amazing love the fact that they they have some things that stay on their menu that are permanent mm. the, the figgy favorites where yeah. the honey chili and chicken one twins live but then they also share like change up the menu and then they have specials and stuff as well and yeah it is a bit unassuming but they they just do everything so well yeah it's incredible yeah really good and the staff are super nice as well yeah. they're great to Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> well nikki that is quite i'd say that's not even a safari it's a tour it's, like a, it's a grand prix <laughs> a, grand, a grand prix of food destinations that's great that's a first for the podcast but that is great to have so much coverage especially for Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire as well for all local definitely ones, I think so. you know me I'm all about the, the eat local and, and supporting local independence but at the same time chains they employ local people so it's important to, exactly. to support chains too yeah. as well as the small businesses but yeah uh, yeah good shout out for Aberdeen love it on the topic of Aberdeen as well obviously we've seen businesses come in uh, over the years and is there a restaurant cafe bar and um, that's somewhere else in Scotland or the UK that you would love to see come to Aberdeen how long have you got how, how many am I allowed <laughs> you can I'll give you three Three. Oh god can I, okay I've got like eight can I break them into three sections <laughs> okay, and no, we cover two I'll cover okay. two under one there's two places in Scotland that have left Aberdeen that I would that are still in Scotland but I would bring back to yeah. Aberdeen number one is Howie's oh my goodness oh, I miss yeah, Howie's, Howie's so bad and um, they still got the two I think it's the two in Edinburgh so yeah. I think I want to start a petition now yeah. to bring Howie's back to Aberdeen um, and the second one would be the Boozy Cow because yes, Boozy Cow was like, great. Oh, it was so good, wasn't it? And they did the uh, burger challenge, so it was yeah. like burger, fries, milkshake, and I, can't, I think it was another thing. And it was you had to eat it all within ten minutes or something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I would definitely bring the Boozy Cow back for burgers for sure. I think as well, if Boozy Cow was come back now, it would definitely stay open because I feel like Aberdeen's has gotten a little bit more quirkier over the past couple of years and I think they would totally I, I mean I was surprised that they closed down anyway because they were doing really well but no. yeah you never know could come back they moved another... venue didn't they they were in the yes that's right smaller place which was beside illicit still and then they moved up to what is now the spiritualist yeah that's right yeah. They moved into mm-hmm. there go on give us another one okay so okay I'll do some more um so this one's a biggie for me because anytime we go to Edinburgh we 100% go here doesn't matter who we're with when we go we will not go to Edinburgh and not go here and it's El Cartel mm, and yeah. I mentioned earlier Alistair he loves Mexican I am re- I really like Mexican as well so this is definitely one that I think he would be on board with as well if we started a campaign a petition to bring El Cartel <laughs> to Aberdeen he would definitely be on board with that but not only for all their amazing tacos but they do a mean margarita. Oh, mm, love a margarita. Yeah, you need to have a couple of tacos in your tummy before you start drinking those margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> it's always game over. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm out. I've got three places that I would wanted to bring for breakfast. Go for it. Okay. So, number one, Dishoom. Yes. Oh, yes. God, give me the bacon nans. <laughs> yes. Any time of the day. Yeah, well, do you know, we've only been once and it was for breakfast, well enough. Um, but we would definitely go back looking at the menu. The kind of main court, like the daytime menu, looks really, really good as well. But yeah, the bacon nans, who knew that the the, the rolling bacon yeah. could get better? I know. Oh my goodness, throw in a nan with some cream cheese, some chili jam, and some coriander, and oh, delicious. Absolutely. Um, we did actually order the, I think you still can order the home box kit oh, things. Oh, can you? Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, and so we got, I ordered them as, 
<laughs> I ordered it as a surprise, Alistair. Surprise, you have to cook. You're cooking. Uh, <laughs> First morning that we moved into the new house, I'd ordered them so that we could have them like after. So the first morning that we woke up in the house, and <laughs> surprise, you need to go and cook. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a gift for him, though. He'd be like, "Great, yeah." He was quite happy. Give me the um, yeah. So Dishum for breakfast and Layla's, which is also in Edinburgh. Um, yeah and it is the most instagrammable place in all of the land it is the prettiest uh, breakfast dishes in fact I think they're open oh maybe all daytime I don't think they're open in the evening but the breakfast stuff is really lovely everything's so pretty and tasty and just please I dragged Alistair there once yeah he enjoyed it (laughs) yeah exactly I'm sure he enjoyed it he did I mean there's food involved um, and then my last breakfast place I would bring, which I've not been to yet, and that's because they're not in Aberdeen, but they should be, is Stack and Still for pancakes. Yes, I've heard many a good thing about Stack and Still. And my last one that I would bring, <laughs> if I'm allowed one more. Go for it, you go would for it. Be, um, have you ever been to the Big Feed in Glasgow? No. So it's like, it's a big um, indoor, how do you, there's loads of food trucks and vans and stuff and pop oh, up. Oh yes, um, I've seen this. Obviously, we're going to have something kind of of that outcoming. So we've we've had a flavour of it with the backyard beach collectives, mm-hmm. um, and stacks is obviously still kind of coming down the line. Um, so yeah, I think something like the big feed, which is obviously what these guys are looking at doing, that's definitely something I would bring to Aberdeen. But we're already getting it. Oh, great. Well, if all of them came in, God wouldn't have enough room for them. Jeez, <laughs> no. I did say, though, when Six by Nico opened, because um, at first when it opened, which was controversial, I actually wasn't for it. Because I was a bit like, oh, no, like, not that I didn't like Six by Nico, but I was like, oh, like, I like that you have to go somewhere else. And it's, like, it's an experience. You go to Edinburgh, like, oh, I'm going to go Six by Nico, or I'm going to go to Glasgow, or vice versa. And I was like, oh, if it's in Aberdeen, like, will it not lose its sparkle like well my sparkle for it but no it hasn't but it's like <laughs> and obviously it's doing so well and they literally every night they've got covers like full to the door so but I said when open as I could see Dishoom being the next one to come up I could see it but I don't know I'll be there for a bacon man I know and it, like that would be great because I've only been to the one in London not been to the Edinburgh one you never know fingers crossed Dishoom if you're listening there's two people here who'll definitely be there at least once a week <laughs> Let's just start telling people, you know, those things when you start they're coming, saying they're something, coming. It, yeah. it's almost like it becomes real. Yeah. What is it, a self-fulfilling it. prophecy? Yeah. <laughs> Some did you know, did you know Dishoom's coming? Do you know Dishoom's, do you know Dishoom's coming? Dishoom are like, oh, did you know that we're opening everything? <laughs> <laughs> well, right, we're nearly done after all those food recommendations. That is going to be the longest show notes, I think, in history. <laughs> But it's good because it's lots right. of inspiration for everyone else. Don't be sorry, it's fine. And I have three shows. I don't think one's enough. Yeah, so part <laughs> one, part two. Yeah. Um, so we got a glimpse at my um, absolute food gripe, which is the rising cost of food, but also the depletion in size of food. So what is it that you can't stand when it comes to food, Nikki? It's more of an eating out gripe than a, um, mm-hmm. than a food gripe. So yeah. it's when you go to a restaurant, and you don't notice on the bill that the tip has already been added to the bill. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you, as a good diner, want to tip your waiting staff and you go to add on a tip and they don't tell you that there's already a tip on the bill and you end mm. up double tipping. That is my eating out gripe. And it's always when you it's always when you leave, you notice as well. But you never know. You yeah. may never notice oh mm-hmm. yeah that and that hasn't happened to me a lot but it is annoying when it when it happens thankfully it doesn't happen very often but when it does yeah. I'm like mm, cheeky yeah. like hold on a minute walking oh, back boy. in <laughs> marching <laughs> back in well there we go Nikki you've made it all the way through the podcast you've made it through the grueling interview process that is editioning at podcast and I'm happy to say that you've passed with flying colors and I guess the job opportunity is that the podcast will air. So you, you've made it to the end. So you got the good. job. You got the job. You got the job. Well done. There's no salary, no benefits. So there you go. Oh, 
okay, I might need to and reevaluate we, this. <laughs> and we add the tip on before you pay. <laughs> I might see you later. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you fine. so much for having me. Okay. You can formally decline tomorrow. And right on cue, Ramsey. <laughs> you hear him. <laughs> You've been listening to Dishing It, the podcast all about food in Scotland. All the businesses and accounts mentioned in today's episode are detailed in the show notes below so you can add them straight onto your food list. If you've liked today's episode, remember to subscribe, like, review, share the podcast, you know the script. It all helps in spreading the food inspiration far and wide. And if you've really liked today's show and you'd love to show your support for the podcast, I don't ask for much. You can buy me a coffee through the link below. It all helps in making future episodes of the podcast. So, small violin packed away for another day. Join me next time for more food chats and food frolics all across Scotland. Stay safe, eat well, and speak soon.